Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Alan Blacker is a two-time Emmy Award winner, and he's fondly known as the lighting designer to the stars. He's the owner of Alan Blacker and Associates, Inc., and he has lit the faces of some of the most famous people on the planet. Alan has spent decades as the go-to guru for lighting design on talk shows such as The Rosie O'Donnell Show, Sally Jesse Raphael, Dr. Oz, Martha Stewart, Meredith Vieira, and countless more. He spent years with Good Morning America and also loved his tenure in the soap world, specifically with All My Children, one of my old favorites. Alan's love of lighting was kindled, get it, in high school, where stage productions led him eventually to Broadway, and along the way, learning lighting for theater, dance, and eventually television. With his experience, he also found the opportunity to create innovation in lighting and use it to the advantage of many of the elements of live television that we take for granted today. In this snippet from his full-length interview for our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference, Eddie Luisi and I not only enjoyed some great stories from Alan's past, but learned even more how to put ourselves in the right light. And if this interview whets your appetite for more, head over to shockyourmediapotential.com to register for our free conference. Actually, my dad taught me electricity as a kid, and we were wiring up light bulbs for a party in the backyard of our house. And I was, I was really intrigued with electricity and light. And I used to build models in cardboard boxes and light them oh. and do puppet shows oh. <laughs> for the kids <laughs> in the neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> so I was really uh, tuned into electric light early on. And then when I went to high school, uh, much to Governor Reagan's chagrin, we built a new theater in my community. And they tacked on uh, a band room and an orchestra room and a, a, a training little theater so that they could get the big theater and it became the Civic Auditorium. And after I graduated from high school, the principal asked me back mm -hmm. to run the adult evening film program in the theater. And uh, I, I did operas there and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I, I just fell in love with the theater. We had a 60 foot prostenium. 40 feet deep with full flies over the stage. And um, it, was, it was a great experience. So most people relate to lighting that they come in the building and they turn on the switch and the lights go on and that's it. Mm -hmm. But I am, I'm dealing with the environment and the concept of a play or, or of a television show, even a talk show, I have to have a concept before I can light it. And I have to do a visual imagery of what that, uh, concept would be, and I have to execute it. When I was on the Rosie O'Donnell project, it was, it was fierce, because we had every A-list guest that you could imagine from the uh, entertainment fields. So one day I'd have Madonna, one day I'd have Cher, you know? one day I'd have Bette Midler, one day I'd have uh, 
who knows who. <laughs> right. But we had we did every Broadway show that was on the street at the time. And I would go uh, to the shows, sit in row E or D, two on the aisle in the orchestra, <laughs> uh, and I would take notes with my LED pen. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I would tell the people next to me, I have to take notes, so don't, don't mind me, just, I won't be too disruptive, <laughs> but I have to take notes on the pieces we're gonna do with the show. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I did that, and I was able to get the theatrical designers look in my notes, and then I could adapt it to television lighting. And I was very successful with it. It was fabulous. I, I, uh, I, I did a show for the Japan Society. I was their resident lighting guy for 10 years. Um, they're they're a, a, a cultural organization uh, representing Japan. It's, about, it's diagonally, diagonally across the street on 47th Street uh, from the UN. And it's a lovely building and they're lovely people. And that's where I learned about bento boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them good lighting, they gave me a bento box. <laughs> well, if I, got, if I got the shoji screens in the right position, they had to be just so. They had to, we had to measure it out on the floor. The assistant uh, performing arts director and I would be on our knees. <laughs> making sure the folds of the shoji screen were just right, because we had the crown prince and princess of Japan coming for a fundraiser and uh, we had a 250 seat theater wow. in the building and uh, it was pretty intense. It had to be <laughs> just so. We did, we did uh, Kyogen, which is a 17th century, I think, Japanese slapstick comedy style of acting. It, it, it was related to Kabuki. And we were, we were doing um, it in, in uh, Lincoln Center in front of the Henry Moore sculpture in the reflecting pool. We built a stage in front of the Henry Moore and then we filled it back up with water. We had three ramps at different, different places around the perimeter of the pond uh, where we called it Torchlit Kyogen. Uh, and uh, the beginning of the show, actors would come out and light the braziers and set them on fire. And then the, the illusion was that the light was coming from the braziers to light the, the show. And I put four towers of high powered lights up around the pond and, uh, and lit it. The Henry Moore never looked so good. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but um, I went to Mr. Namora. It was the Namora Kyogen Troupe. And Mr. Namora is a, like the national living treasure in Japan. And I said to him, I would like to use color because they asked for flat white kabuki lighting. Hmm. I said, well, first of all, I can't give you flat white kabuki lighting because I'm lighting for four different positions because I have audience all the way around the pond and they have to see the action. So I'm right away, I'm not doing kabuki lighting. I like to put color in. And I said, and I won't lose any face. If you don't like it, I'll pull it out. But let me show it to you. So I used a pastel uh, green a lemon green, that was a very unusual choice. And uh, salmons and uh, pinks and blues uh, from different angles. And it was beautiful. Mm. And he loved it and he said he, he was wrong. <laughs> and then we moved it to the Japan Society and we did 10 more performances there. When we were at Lincoln Center, by the way, we, we, we expected two to 500 people a night. We got two to 5,000. Wow. 
pushed in around the pond to watch 17th century Kyogen. <laughs> but it was great. So I had lots of experiences in the performing arts as well as in television. So do you have any advice for people? So a lot of people that are watching this video are people who um, do a lot of live broadcasting. They might be, you know, doing a news interview remotely. They might be somebody doing their own, you know, YouTube kind of videos. Um, you know, I, I know I'm always getting feedback from people about what's working or not working in my background, but, you know, in terms of lighting, what, what advice do you have? That's part of the question. The other part of that is, do you think we're getting smarter about this as a whole now that we've been for the last two years forced to Zoom our lives away? <laughs> well, Zoom has be cre created a problem. Uh, I, th I think it's killing the studio work in Manhattan um, because managers are finding that they can, they can produce cheaply on Zoom. And uh, the problem is they're seldom color correctors or some of the equipment that we're used to having in the studio to manipulate the image. Right. And so we don't have selective skin detail control, which is one of my favorite secret weapons. Um, I, uh, I told the video engineer at Martha Stewart one day to take 80% of the detail out of her face. Mm -hmm. And he said, she's gonna end up looking like a, uh, uh, a Q-tip. <laughs> I said, don't take that much out, man. <laughs> now, if this interview sparked your interest, make sure to go to www.shockyourmediapotential.com today and register for our free virtual conference. You won't believe who else we will be talking to. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today. <laughs>